warn you, um, uh, we are, uh, there are a few of us who are back from a few days up um, at Cromer Church in Leicester uh, at their Presence and Promise conference, and um, I am feeling a bit wrecked. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit undone. I feel like I have got so much swirling in my head and like in my heart, and I, so I really hope I just make some sense this morning and can... Uh, follow the Holy Spirit where he wants to to lead us. Um, before I start, I really felt like during worship we were singing about we were singing about the goodness of God, but before we were singing about that, we were singing about the Lordship of Jesus. And I feel like we I felt as we were worshiping that often we Maybe it's just me. I I tend to be quite a black and white thinker. I don't really love the grey. I don't don't know many people who love tension, like holding two things that almost seem not necessarily opposite, but sort of like intention as both things are true. And I feel like we often, we, we love to, we love to see God and enjoy a relationship with God on a basis of friendship and on a basis of, yeah, friendship and and that sense when actually, yes, God is our friend. Jesus is our brother and he is Lord. He is the Lion of Judah roaring over you, fighting your battles. And I felt like we... We, we, have, we have to start holding the both intention. Yes. We yes. have to, we good. have to. And actually the goodness of God is seen in both. Yes. The yes. goodness of God yes. is seen in both. The goodness of God is seen in his friendship. And the goodness of God is seen in his lordship. And we have to keep bringing ourselves under, under his lordship. Yes. Under the roar of the lion of Judah who is roaring over you. That's not at all what I'm necessarily talking about this morning, but have that for free. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, okay. We are continuing our, uh, our series today on identity. Who am I? And we have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about who we believe we are shaping and determining our behavior. And today, I wanna be, I'm going to be talking to you about, um, about this. I am alive, raised up, and seated with Jesus. Woo! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> if you believe that you carry resurrection life in your veins, that you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places, as the Bible tells us, then the fruit of your life, the fruit of my life, will produce the realities of heaven here on earth. John 15, Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, then fruitfulness will flow out from within you. He says, if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire because your desires are totally in line with the Father's, and it will be done for you. Our lives alive in Jesus, living in Jesus, living out the truth 
of the identity that he calls us into will bear abundant fruit. And John 15 says that when we bear abundant fruit, we demonstrate that we are mature disciples who glorify the Father. That is our purpose. Um, So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, please turn with me to Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. If you haven't got a physical Bible and you've got a phone, that'll do. And if you don't own a Bible, we would love to give you one. Um, so uh, do come and find me afterwards. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to. We would love to gift one to you. So starting at verse 5 in chapter 2 of Ephesians. I'm going to bring it up on the... Oh, there we go. As for you, you were dead... In your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that is, that's the devil, the enemy, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But God, I love that. Any time in the Bible that comes, but God, you're like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And this is why. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Whew. I feel like I could stop there. That's just like, well. Um, verse 5. As for you, you were dead. That's talking about being spiritually dead. It's like, it's, it's like a metaphor. And it, what it means is that you're, you're destitute of a life that recognizes and is devoted to God because of sin. And, uh, and I just want to, I'm just going to kind of pick out, it's quite all right, sneeze away. Um, I just want to pick out that phrase, we are made alive together with Christ. And I'm just going to, pick it apart and just to look at the original language because the original language helps just to helps us to understand exactly what that means it means oh did you do it already maybe it's out of order there there we go it means that we are reanimated conjointly with and that's quite a lot of words right (laughs) so to reanimate means to restore to life to revive conjointly means to combine all or both people or things so we have been combined with Jesus in order that we are restored to life and we are revived that is what it means to be made alive together with Christ. And to, so to be in Christ doesn't mean that you're like inside of Christ like our clothes are in a drawer. 
it means to be united with and to Jesus. Like a limb is part of a body or a, like a tree is a combination of roots and trunk and, and branches and leaves, etc. And Romans 11 uses the analogy that we have been grafted into a life with Jesus. Our lives have been joined together. And they become one. They become one. I'm going to have to scooch back a moment. Where am I looking? Colossians 2. There we go. Colossians 2, verse 9 to 12 says this. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Yes, Lord. It's encouraging for you, Chris, hey? Woo! In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. They're talking about the circumcision of our hearts. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off. Let me read that again. Your whole self... Ruled by the flesh was put off, it's been cut away when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That word in seems like a, it's an incredibly important word. It's such a little word, you just kind of throw it away or just, or just kind of skim over it. But that word in, in the Bible, it often refers to our heritage and our genealogy. So our standing with God is not based upon our performance, is it? No. You can, you can talk back to me. Our standing with God is not based upon our performance. It's about who we're in. Let me say that again. Our standing with God is not based upon our performance. It's about who we're in. Jesus has offered himself to you. He's offered himself to me as your heritage, your inheritance. So a life alive in Jesus is all about your spiritual location. Where do you live your life? You live your, in, live your life in Jesus, living your life alive, raised up, seated with him in heavenly places. Everything that Jesus has is yours. Everything that Jesus has is yours. If Jesus is sat at the right hand of the Father, so are we. We are sat with him. We are seated in Christ, with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus is sat on the right hand of the Father. He has the ear of the Father. So do we. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 50. I'm just, I'm almost like, there's so much Bible about this. There's so much Bible. This is all really good. So I'm just like, I feel like I'm just throwing Bible at you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21 to 23. For since death through came a man... The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. So 
We've talked about, over the last couple of weeks, about how no one is a self-determining individual. The Bible uses the language of either you are in Adam or you're in Jesus. You're either living a life dead in your sins, an identity in Adam, or you are living a life alive in the fullness of God in Jesus. And here Paul is using the language of, uh, of first fruits to describe two different sorts of identity, the old identity and the new. And it's actually reflective of Genesis language, so um, you can do this later. If you want to, you can go to Genesis 1, I think it's in verse 11. It talks about how on the third day of creation, God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that will bear fruit with seed in it according to its various kinds, and it was so. So, we take an apple for our example. This apple, what has it got in the middle of it? Seeds. This apple is full of seed. Is the seed separate from the apple? No, it's inside of it. So, wherever this apple goes, the seed goes with it, right? If you have said yes to Jesus, your life is that seed hidden in him. Your identity is hidden in him. You are like seed in fruit. You have been placed in Jesus. And so what is true of Jesus is also true of you. Jesus died. I'm just going to put that down before that rolls off. Jesus died for your sins and he was raised to life again. In baptism, you die to your old life. Your old life is buried with Christ. It is dead. Thank you, Jesus. And you were raised with him. He has been raised and seated in glory next to the Father. So have you. And you get to operate from that place now. You don't have to wait until you are taken to be with the Father. You can operate from that place now. I often think that we, uh, you know, we think about the resurrection of Jesus and and what Jesus has done for us and we often think that it's about our our kind of end, end of our mortal life here our destination for eternity and it absolutely is but that's only part of the promise that he's given us it's only part the promise of eternal life it actually starts right now We have been born again. If you have said yes to Jesus, you have been born again. Life before death is part of the package. uh, Paul talks about how um, the old has gone, the new has come, new creation has dawned. We can live in the light of our eternal destination now. Paul reminds us that there is, a, there is a present invitation and a participation here. You need to participate in it. We were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That is for now. Romans 8.11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, 
then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Not your immortal bodies, although yes, but like mortal bodies now. Because of the spirit who lives in you. You hold out your hands in front of you and just look at your hands. I am a, I haven't quite caught the sun enough yet <laughs> to cover my lovely blue veins on my arms. Maybe you're a little bit more tanned and you can't see yours as well, but have a look at your arms. Resurrection life is coursing through your veins. Resurrection life is coursing through your mortal body. Right here, right now, if you've said yes to Jesus, his life is in you. And the Holy Spirit is, like, is a guarantee of our inheritance. It's, a down, it's like a down payment. It's a foretaste of the future now, as well as a guarantee of the future. So the fullness that Jesus promises is therefore, it's just so much more than a promise of like a quality of life after death. It's a way of life before the grave for those who follow in the way of Jesus in the power of the Spirit. And that's the key, the power of the Spirit. And the, the reason why it is so important that we live from an identity of that we have been raised, that we have been made alive in Jesus and we are seated with him in heavenly places is because we are ambassadors on this earth. We are not confined to this earth. We are not tied to the systems and the decay of this world. We are citizens of heaven now and ambassadors on earth. This is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God gave humanity in the Garden of Eden the identity of being his image bearers on earth. And Jesus' sacrifice for us restores us to our God-given identity. But just as Jesus was empowered by the Spirit, we also need to be empowered by the Spirit. Jesus said in, um, in John 15, Remain in me, and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. And this is Jesus, he's prophesying the coming of the Holy Spirit that not just empowers us to live in proximity to Jesus, but to have Jesus live in us and us live in Jesus. It's the both and. And we often say around here 
that we're on earth with a job to do. Yeah? Yeah? Paul makes it clear in his second letter to the Corinthians that our job is to share the message of reconciliation. God and humanity brought back together again in union, in friendship, and in intimacy. We were made to co-reign with God. You were made to co-reign with God. You might not feel very much like royalty right now, but your feelings are not the truth of what the Father says over you through Jesus. You have been designed and made as an image bearer of Christ to co-reign with him. It's co- when, you co- when you lead and co-reign with God, you also co-labor with him. That means you work together with him. God is, the way that God has, has designed this just is baffling. It's baffling. Because honestly, if I were God, I'm not really sure I'd want to work with me. <laughs> Don't know about you. But God says, I want to co-labor with you. I want to work together with you so that my message of reconciliation will go to the ends of the earth. Let me ask you, I'm just going to put that phrase up at the end. We have a job to do. I just want to ask you, what do you think or you feel when you hear that phrase, you've got a job to do? Have a think for a moment. What does that cause you to think? What does that cause you to feel? I I, I feel like for many of us, we can hear that and almost feel pressure. Pressure to perform. Pressure that we've got to do this. An awareness maybe of what we're going to have to sacrifice, what we're going to have to give up in order to do the job that God has given us to do. We are at this, at this conference that we were at at... Um, at Cromer Church, there was a lady who was speaking to us called Haley Braun, um, and I've nicked like a whole lot of <laughs> of what she said because it was so it was so relevant to what I was talking about today. And she said this: sacrifice is a life lived between multiple masters, where I'm always knowing what I'm laying down to say yes to. I'm going to read that again. Sacrifice is a life lived between multiple masters where I'm always knowing what I'm laying down to say yes to. A life of obedience is a life lived with one master saying yes to one thing. And I wonder how much of the pressure that we feel to perform 
the awareness of what we're going to have to lay down, what we're going to need to sacrifice in order to do the job that God has given us to do is because we are serving more than one master. Serving the master of performance. I'm just going to read this out because I basically like wrote it pretty much verbatim. This is, uh, this is Hayley Braun again. And she just says it so much better than I am, so I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel. A lot of us are aware of how the Lord fills us, but not so many of us are aware of how it is the hidden place in God that sustains us through life circumstances. And it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that allows us to live in the way of the Lord. It is the infilling of the Holy Spirit that allows us, that empowers us to live in Jesus. We are not adding God to our story. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is so that I can get into God's story. You're not trying to create your own destiny and identity. You're trying to get into the destiny and identity that God has for you. You're not trying to add the Holy Spirit to your life. You're trying to get your life into God's life. Because in the God life, there is love, there is joy, there is righteousness and peace. Righteousness is that right standing with God. In Jesus, there is the freedom of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus, our insecurity bows. In Jesus, our performance has to die. In Jesus, we are more than conquerors because we are in the one who has conquered. And often, I'm still, this is still quoting Hayley Braun, by the way. And often we live more connected to the earth than to heaven's perspective. Heaven's perspective is heaven's reality that we have been invited into. I'm going to read that again. Often we live more connected to the earth than to heaven's perspective. I'm just going to finish reading this out. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is inviting us to start... um, engaging and responding to him and just so just holy spirit i ask you that you'd open our ears to hear i thank you that you uh, i thank you that you come to us in kindness and you come to us with a sword as uncomfortable as that is you come to us with a sword And the two are compatible together because it is in your kindness that you would cut off of us the things that hold us back. The masters that we have given our yes to, that you say, no, 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 don't give your yes to that. Give your yes, your one yes to me. Grace is the empowerment to be who he's made me to be, to do the thing that he's called me to do. It's not a free pass. 
And too often we live our lives so aware of the natural that we don't live in the expanse of God. A life of intimacy is a life that has been chosen to live yielded to the way that God thinks instead of the way the world thinks. A life of intimacy, a life in Jesus, abiding in Jesus, having Jesus abide in us, is a life that is yielded to the way that God speaks of you instead of what the world has spoken to you and over you that is inferior to what he declares. The God life, the life of miracles, the life on fire for God is the life hidden in connection to God. The supernatural life is a life that is hidden in him. There is a there is a world out there. I'm just going to bring it a bit closer. There is a town out there full of people who are waiting. They may not know what they are waiting for, but they are waiting for a message of reconciliation with the Father. And our identity is key to them hearing about it. If we know who we are, if we know that we are living in Jesus, if we know that we are abiding in Jesus and Jesus is abiding in us, we have all the tools of heaven at our disposal. We have all the gifts of heaven at our disposal. The supernatural, a life of miracles, a life of wonder, a life of deep intimacy, a life of breakthrough is our inheritance now. It is your inheritance yeah. now. And this is, what, this is why we're doing this series. This is why this is so important. Because God has a job for us to do. Will we be obedient to him and forsake all others? Will we forsake all others? Will we forsake every other master? Will we forsake all other master? Will we forsake performance? Will we forsake the master of significance? Will we forsake the master of self-hatred? God is calling us to forsake all others for him. We cannot serve two masters. Get up on your feet.
uh, I just want to invite you to, um, to like, raise your hands. You can hold your hands high in the air. You can just hold them in front of you. I really feel like we need to get ourselves in a posture to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do among us now. This is a posture of openness. This is a posture of yes. Holy Spirit, just invite you now. I thank you, Jesus, that your word is a double-edged sword and it pierces through bone and marrow. I thank you that it cuts through our identity in you and our identity that we are still trying to hold on to where we are serving other masters. And Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would come upon us now in your kindness. And would you start just to speak to us about the masters that we have been serving? I really feel like um, the Lord wants to um, minister to some of you who have been wrestling with a significant amount of self-hatred. It's like there's, it's like, it's like you can't, it's almost like it feels like it's just taken over your head and it's all that, and it's all that you can think about and just the thought of thinking differently feels almost impossible. Um, if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to be really brave and come up to the front. This is family. We just want to pray for you and we just want to see God set you free. So if that's you, please come to the front. when we respond to a an invitation from the god from god he is not he is not inviting us to shame us he is inviting us to lovingly set us free thank you holy spirit there's more there are some there are some guys here as well there are some guys here as well a leader in this room I'd just love to invite you just to come forward if you see someone who's not being prayed for now could you just come and come and stand with these folks and pray with them Spirit, would, would your power come and fall right now upon every single person here? Thank you, Jesus. I just break right now the spirit of self-hatred. 
I break the spirit of self-hatred. I break the spirit of depression and suicide, suicidal thoughts. I break that right now in the name of Jesus. And I command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the love of God. He delights over you. He loves you. He wants deep, intimate friendship with you. He wants to be Lord of your life. He has raised you up with Jesus and seated you in heavenly places. You are royalty in Christ. You are royalty in Christ. Your old life is gone. Your old life is gone. You are a new creation and everything that you may do now that is not in the fullness of everything that God has for you, God says he loves you. And he is leading you to fullness. And he has grace for you and he has mercy for you. And you are not defined by what you do. You are not defined by what you think, but you are defined by the thoughts of the Father. The one who created you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.